Welcome back to Be More Super, the podcast, where we explore the world of entertainment with celebrity interviews from your favorite movies and TV shows. So grab your popcorn and let's get to know these stars better and what really makes them super. We are brought to you by PropStore.com, where you can find your very own piece of entertainment memorabilia from screen use props to costumes. Now, here's your host, Brian Garner. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, we've got another amazing guest from Warrior Nun. It's Mina Rayan. Mina, welcome to the show, my love. Thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Do you know what? It's my absolute pleasure because your character in season two is just absolutely adorable and it's just you're just amazing. So it's great to have you on the show for a chat. But first of all, I wanted to congratulate you on season two because literally this is the highest rated Netflix show in history and this got released by Forbes um, I'll put it on the screen just here yeah. 100% Rotten Tomato score 99% audience score this is incredible and this is unheard of for a Netflix show um, so it just shows how much love there is currently yeah. for this show uh, and also there is rumour on social media that this may be your first interview for Warrior Nun. Is that correct? Oh, it is. I mean, it is one of my two first two interviews <gasps> this weekend. Is it <laughs> really? Another one. But tomorrow is um, is also for, I'm, I'm shooting a film. I'm currently in the south of France shooting a film. So it's going to be a mix of the two. So yeah, okay. it's everything happening at the same time. <laughs> oh, bless you, bless you. But you're keeping yourself together, which is great, um, mm. because now you're just going to be literally wanted by everyone on their shows, um, you know, press, everything. <laughs> so this is awesome. So before we dive into uh, a bit about your career and a mm -hmm. bit about this awesome show, the last two years have been quite challenging, not only for uh, performers like yourself, as well as the world. So how have you kept positive and moving forwards through these difficult times with the pandemic and everything else going on in the world i mean i have to say it's been yeah it's been the weirdest two years for sure um how have i kept positive i haven't always kept positive to be honest um there were some moments where i was very i mean not necessarily down, but where it was quite hard and yeah, seeing the state of the world and everything, it does affect you. And so, yeah, but at the same time, just trying to keep in touch with friends, family, uh, trying, you know what, I've really put myself into um, some more of my art. <laughs> I make okay. like earrings like those, oh, not just awesome. earrings, like jewelry. It was like, just like my meditation kind of thing for, for years, it's been that. And like during the pandemic, I don't think I've ever made as much jewelry as I did before. So yeah, it's- And, um, and can I ask, is that jewelry for sale? Have you got an Etsy shop? Um, are you starting a new range for the fans to maybe purchase? I'm, I could. I mean, I do have an Etsy shop, but I'm definitely not the most organized person when it comes to like admin <gasps> well, and stuff like well, that. You know what? You'll have to let us know once that Etsy shop or whatever you do is out there because I am sure that plenty of fans will want to buy your handiwork <laughs> because it's beautiful. It really is. Even I'm a man and I can appreciate, you know, 
very good work me i've got hands like shovels so <laughs> i could not do delicate work like, like like that but what's been the biggest lesson learned during this this time over the last two years uh, don't ever take anything for granted and accept the moments where it's not going great um but keep faith i think it's all it's also something that i've always had in me as in i'm a very optimistic kind of person but sometimes you just it just gets you know clouds come over and you can't really see anything really but it's all about yeah keeping positive and accepting when it's not going well and accepting that it's going to be temporary mm. and doing everything you can but always being kind to yourself and to others obviously but to yourself it's very oh. important of course and the pandemic i've got to say definitely divided the good and the bad because you know i i saw plenty of examples over the two years but i've got to say you know at the end of the day as long as we learn from it and and, yeah. and grow from it and make the world a better place from all the madness that has been around that's all 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 that counts so yeah. why acting why choose one of the most competitive industries to enter um, you know, what sparked that direction in your life to do to to decide to be a performer? Well, because nobody gave me the memo. <laughs> nobody told me. <laughs> no, I um, fell in love with acting when I was a, a kid. I, I basically when I was about 10, 11, when you get to um, middle school, I was extremely shy. Um, so much so that I would, you know, like when you're, I don't know, in like um, biology or history class, or whatever, and the teacher asks like, okay, so-and-so is going to read the first paragraph, so-and-so is going to read the second paragraph, and this person the, the third. And whenever I had to read out loud, I would like start having a sort of panic attack, basically, where I would start laughing, like get like nervous laughter, and I just couldn't stop laughing, and I would not be able to breathe and all of that and it kept happening and happening and happening and people were making fun of me and all of that and at one point i think it was the school counselor or something like that it was like why don't you try theater and so i started theater and then i realized oh my gosh i really love this thing i think i might you know go on with it and then i really fell in love with it and really wanted to do it and and from then on i was like okay that's what i'm gonna do and so after i got my high school degree i went into engineering <laughs> right okay <laughs> logical <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um but yeah no it was so i went into engineering because obviously like my parents were like acting what is this that's not a real job fair enough i understand the fear and everything we're, i mean they're not from that world at all nobody in my family is um but then i just you know i decided to um finish my engineering degree but also in the meantime like get um start you know going to drama classes and stuff like that and auditioning for like short films and um i did theater from like the moment when i was 10 until like well you know i never really stopped um and then i went to drama school after my engineering degree and then just decided yeah that's what i'm going to do now not going to be an engineer an engineer that's that's not me and the and and the rest is his history and you've done Game of Thrones and so many awesome pro, pro projects as well as worrying on but it's quite weird because there's a lot of actors out there that actually are really shy 
you know the yeah. very reserved i mean i did perform performing arts at college and university because mm-hmm. i actually suffered from a stutter i had a really yeah. bad stammer so literally when i read a script or sang a song i didn't stutter so those moments where you was at school and you had to read something and you got embarrassed that was the only time that i loved because when i read something I didn't stutter at all and everyone around me used to get really freaked out because they couldn't understand why because I yeah. used to get I used to get bullied quite bad for my stutter. Um mm-hmm. so that was like, like 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 an escape for me to actually be on stage and actually have a script. It it was awesome. But it is really yeah. nice that you've overcome that and now you're doing this awesome show. So we all see uh, these actors, uh, you know, these glamorous parties, these red carpet events, uh, being sent loads of goodies through the post from Dior and, and and all these wonderful designers. How glamorous is it really? Spill the dirt. Is it as glamorous as we see on TV? <laughs> <laughs> I don't own a single Dior thing. Or whatever. <laughs> um, and I don't really go to the parties. Um, but... Yeah, no, it's not very glamorous at all. I mean, it really is, I would say, I mean, for me, from my own experience, from what I see, um, it's mostly just the craft. Mm. Um, It's mostly just that. And it's not glamorous at all. In between jobs, you're always wondering, like, am I going to work again? Or was that it? That's the end of my career. And I'm never going to set foot on on stage (laughs) or or on a set ever again. It's very, um, it's a very unstable kind of life. Mm. I think even when you're like in the stratosphere of like, you know, A-listers and stuff like that, um, you never really know um, what tomorrow is going to be made of, what, when your next project is going to be made. And I think that's why a lot of people go into production and they create their own production companies and all that. Um, when you've got the means and the recognition and all that, but even before that. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's not that glamorous on a day-to-day basis. We're pretty normal people. Have, I, I mean, what I know and what I've seen. Okay. I don't know everyone, so <laughs> I'm just going to talk about my own experience. And when yeah. starting out, um, you know, we all have our dreams and aspirations, but when you started out and you decided to be an actor and to be a performer, did you have a plan in place of what you wanted to get to, you know, and, and work with and work on? Yeah, obviously it didn't work out. <laughs> not yet, you know. Not yet, not yet. But um, yeah, when I started out, I think I was a very... Uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, let's say. I didn't really realize what this industry was about and how hard it was. Um, But my aim really, I mean, I'm going to be very candid here, was like to change the world. I'm going to change people's perspectives on things. And, you know, I wanted to make films um, the likes of like Ken Loach and and, um, Costa Gavras. I'm just going to put my French accent here. Or, you know, like very political films or social films and everything. And it's going to be just that and changing the world and all of that. And I realized that's not, at first, that's not um, necessarily your, you don't choose most of the time but also like I discovered a lot more about acting I mean I'm talking when I like those uh, kind of films I had those ideas when I was like maybe 12 13 14 that was in my you know um in the middle of my I guess conscience consciousness awakening or yeah I guess <laughs> but um but yeah I just discovered also like the 
entertaining side of acting and how amazing that is as well and how you can change things through entertaining as well and not just I mean not saying that Ken Loach is not great I would love to work with him one day but um it's yeah there is like there is a, a plethora of of ways of changing the world mm. and I think I mean, I think with Warrior and we are doing that as well, because I was thinking about that, like, not just recently, but while we were watching, while we were shooting it, how growing up, I didn't really have like a show like Warrior Nun, like the diversity, mm-hmm. the whole, like the cast of like really badass women, girls uh, from like different backgrounds, different uh, ethnicities, different sexualities, different, mm-hmm. you know, it was just... I don't remember something like that happening. Maybe my memory is failing me, but I wish I had that growing up. And I think that's part of changing the world too. And that's, mm-hmm. and also like doing it while having like creating such big emotions and like big laughters as well, I think. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, I'm very proud of this show. I'm very proud of this show. And that's the beauty of your job and what you do because you offer that escapism you know, for people watching, because you don't know what they're going through at that time, you know, what they're trying to escape, but you give those, you know, those fans and the viewers those moments just to lose themselves in just some great story writing and great performances on the screen. So it's such a wonderful job to have and, and, and great, you know, position to be, to be in to offer that. Um, So we all think that acting is easy. Uh, you know, you get on screen, you do your job and you get off. Um, it's obviously not as easy as that. So what's been the biggest obstacle that you've had to face during your journey so far? <laughs> oh, there were so many. And at the same time, like, I feel also like very blessed and very lucky um, that I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, I'm, I'm, I really am grateful uh, that I am where I am. Um, I think my big, I mean, I, I don't know if there's been like a big obstacle. I think the biggest obstacle was my own ignorance of how things worked. Um, and being very, not idealistic, but, um, yeah, not realizing exactly how, how this world works, Mm. um, the world of acting, the world of show business. Um, once you understand it, first of all, I feel like it takes away a lot of um, anxiety and pressure somehow. Like when you're not chosen for a role, it's got nothing to do with your abilities. It's not, you know, it doesn't put your your worth in question. It's not about you most of the time. It's, it's really not. Um, and that, when I realized that, gosh, that was like a huge weight off my shoulders. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know if I, if I were to like, I don't know if there was like a one obstacle. It's, it's a journey and it's just a journey of like learning, learning how things work, but also learning how things work in the business, but also learning how things work in your craft, honing your skills all the time learning new things all the time um learning yourself it's 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 really a journey of self-discovery and of discovery of how things work around you and that makes the journey i would say 
a little bit easier. <laughs> Not necessarily easy, but a little <laughs> bit easier. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, you know what? It's time to speak about Warrior Nun because at this show, into the season two, we had to wait roughly around two years for season yeah. two. Uh, it, to be fair, it went like a flash, but I think that was because of everything else going off in the yeah. world. So uh, if you could tell us, uh, the lovely viewers and listeners, who you play on the show and a bit about the show, if you could. Okay. Without spoilers? <laughs> well, if they haven't watched it yet, you know, yeah. how dare they? And if yeah. they have, they need to rewatch it because if you watch it more than once, you 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 discover so many different things, Absolutely. you know, that you didn't discover in the first time. So so go ahead. Who do you play? And a bit about the show. I play Yasmin Amanet, um, a a descendant of a Coptic order of nuns who have been protecting a secret weapon that can help Ava and the rest of the OCS defeat Adriel, the so-called angel Adriel. So yeah, if you've watched season one, you will understand. <laughs> that is awesome. And do you know what? Um, on on the point of a a Adriel in the show, he's so scary, uh, but in real life, he's so nice. He even read out a shopping list as Adriel for for me. And I couldn't stop laughing. I'm going to clip it and release it because it's the most hilarious thing I've ever heard in, in my whole life. It really is. So did you watch season one uh, before joining the cast? And what were your thoughts? I did watch it, but not before I had the audition. Um, basically, I received the audition. My agent sent me the audition, uh, the breakdown and, you know, the sides and everything. And I always watch, if it's for an existing show, I always watch a couple of episodes to get the tone, to to know where I'm, you know, going and to understand the relationships and all of that. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch an episode or two and then maybe watch a recap to understand what's going on and then I'll do the audition. Started watching the first episode and then was like, okay, I'm just going to watch another one and another one and another one. And I binged everything in eight hours, 10 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I really want to be on this show. Um, so yeah, I binged everything, literally. Um, as soon as I got the, the the breakdown, I was like, okay, yeah, I want this. There yeah, you go, an instant fan. Well. Yeah, I was, I was. And, and I'm so happy to be here because I'm an even bigger fan of season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, obviously by Rotten Tomatoes, definitely everyone is. Uh, talking about the cast, um, they seem very close. So, uh, you know, what was it like to join an, such an established cast, you know, in into the second season? It was scary. Because <laughs> I, I knew that they all knew each other. There were a couple more additions. So um, Jack, who plays my, uh, Miguel, <laughs> Um, and so he didn't know uh, anybody either, but we were like, first we were quarantined for like, I think eight or 10 days at first. And we're all in the same hotel because, you know, COVID and all, you know, yeah. um, 
and we could see each other like <laughs> Jack and I we had like a little like um balcony thing like little I wouldn't say a terrace because it's it was much smaller than a terrace <laughs> but little balcony thing and sometimes I would like go and have a coffee outside and he would be in his little balcony thing as well and like maybe 10 meters away and I'd be Aww. like hey <laughs> hey neighbor <laughs> I don't really know you just yet but but yeah it was kind of scary because you're like oh my gosh how am I gonna you know fit in are they gonna be like cliquey are they not going to really accept me or is it going to take a little little bit of work to you know but then I met people I met um first I met um met Christina who was in the um, the hotel room just opposite mine and then at one point I think we both opened the doors uh, at the same time to like I think receive our meal or, or something for the day because it was that kind of quarantine. <laughs> um, like hi <laughs> and then I think towards the end of the quarantine um I met with uh I met Olivia I bumped into her uh going for the COVID test because we we're getting tested every other day and then she was super nice and she was like hey do you want to go for coffee and like we're gonna you know maybe Christina is gonna come and be Alba's gonna come and everything we're just gonna chat and I was like oh yeah cool all right and then I met everyone and everybody was so lovely and so welcoming and you know everybody's so nice I mean I've I've, I've worked on a few sets um, and most people are very, very nice, but this felt really like a family. It was just so lovely. I, I really loved it. I really loved it. And yeah, it was almost like instant welcome. Yes, of course you're welcome here. Um, instant so, yeah. family, as as they say. And and it looks like you had a lot of fun on, on set as well. Uh, there's a picture of you and uh, Sylvia, mother, <laughs> Superion. Um, and this is great to see her like that because uh, we don't see her like anything like that on screen. Uh, so it's lovely to see. Uh, yep. And I've got another one as well. Uh, you on set with Alba and, um, and Olivia uh, and, and, and Simon uh, and in, in the back yeah. just there. I see him there in the back. Um, so when you obviously went for this role, how was the role presented to you? Uh, in what form and and was it a self-tape or did you actually have to do it in person? No, it was a self-tape because it was in the middle of COVID. So I, I can't remember if we were still like in, in one of the numerous lockdowns. Um, but yeah, I, it was um, it was just a self-tape and I thought like, oh, maybe there's going to be a callback or anything, but I just got cast without a callback. And literally within two weeks between receiving the self-tape from my agent and being in Spain, there just less than two weeks elapsed. It was quite, quite crazy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it was very fast. Yeah. But and, yeah, and she was, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say, because I've seen, seen, seen a video on, on YouTube. I think you was, you were doing some self-tapes there. You had a big ring light and oh, you see yeah. i was doing my research so so uh you know what you're doing with the uh self self tapes but what i was going to ask was do you prefer doing self self tapes or do you prefer doing auditions in person well i used to not like self tapes <coughs> because i liked being redirected mm. live you know you do something and when you're not really hitting what the casting director wants or the director or whatever um you can get redirected and then you can, you know, um, 
provide a performance that is going to be closer to what they're looking for and everything. Whereas with a self-tape, you do have indications, but sometimes not that much. And so it's kind of a guessing game sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you just give it your all and that's it. But now I'm kind of liking self-tapes more somehow because I I feel like I've, I've um, given myself more freedom mm. um, in, in my self-tapes, in my auditions and everything. Um, and I just, I mean, you also do have the freedom of like, oh, if you messed up a, a word or, or your intention or you were not good in that one take, you can do it again. Just, I try to not do more than like three takes per, per, per scene. Cause otherwise, I mean, I remember my very first self tape years ago, I think, I mean, it was a very long, um, audition I had to do both an American accent and a British accent. And it was, I think maybe 15 pages of side or something like that. And oh. so it was, it was long, but it took me almost like 10 hours to actually do it. And I was like, this is, this cannot, this cannot be, <laughs> I cannot do this. <laughs> Can you imagine like going to, a, to an audition in the room hours. and spend 10 hours with the casting director. <laughs> so, yeah. And they just give you the part anyway, just to shut you up after 10 hours. <laughs> but I suppose with a self self tape, you can re-record it, then you send it. But there's always going to be a, a thing in the back of your mind saying, "I, I, you know what? I could have made that better, but it's too late." But I suppose in person, that's your one shot. But you're right; you can get redirected if the casting people see something in you. They can ask you to maybe do it with a, a different emotion or a different way. Um, so with this show uh, and many other shows, you get the script. And normally there is a table read. Uh, was yeah. there a table read for this season? And what did you think of the script? And how did the table read go, if there was one? Well, there were there was a tables read. Each had their own table behind their Zoom oh dear. <laughs> screens. Yeah, we're all in our um, our rooms. And even after we started the shoot, because obviously you get the scripts from the different blocks. So we shoot like a block of two episodes by block of two episodes. Mm. Um, and every time there was a table read, it was always by Zoom, even after we had like all been on set together. But still, the um, you know, the COVID rules were the COVID rules. So yeah, it was kind of weird, like meeting everyone on zoom <laughs> usually yes there is a table read and you do like you know feed of of each other's energy and all of that and it's very different but um yeah i mean it, it still went great because you know even though sometimes it was like there was always a moment where it was like hey i'm sorry uh, you're you're on mute you're on mute <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're frozen you're frozen you've gone oh we've lost him now can we get him back <laughs> We've let back into the room. Can you? Uh... <laughs> yes, a lot of that happened. <laughs> Excellent. You know what? Don't you just love the pandemic and the rise of Zoom? Literally, the amount of meetings that just failed uh, because schooling. Uh, don't get me start start started. I turned into a school teacher on Zoom during during the pandemic. It was awful. But uh, <laughs> um, so you play a Coptic nurse uh, nurse non. I'm making no. rolls up now for you. Um, you can play a, cop a Coptic nun. Um, what sort of prepar uh, 
preposition. Oh, I can't even speak now. Prepa- <laughs> oh, my days. There we go. Talking about Zoom, I've, I've got traumatic uh, stress uh, from the moments of Zoom. The preparation of, uh, you know, becoming a nun, did you have to do research? I mean, how did that go? Yeah, I always try to do research on every single one of my roles. So, yeah, I did read a lot. I um, I watched a lot of documentaries, not just about Coptic nuns, but just nuns, um, you know, like everything and anything, like literally like watching documentaries about the daily life of nuns and stuff like that. It was very interesting because it's a life that I do not know at all. But then again, knowing that, um, I also had to like remember that she's not just a Coptic nun, she's part of that order and also knows about the OCS and all of that. So there is like an element of, you know, the spy element basically um, at the very, I mean, to me, that's almost like how I wanted to play her at the at the beginning um, because she's not just a nun. So you have to like take a lot of stuff into account and everything. But yeah, I did watch a lot of documentaries and what and read a lot about Coptic nuns, Coptic, um, well, Coptic Christianity, Mm. um, because I knew of it, but I didn't know a lot. Um, So yeah, I I can imagine as well that once you got your outfit on, um, Mm. there you go. It must have felt different as well, you know, uh, for your character. I mean, how different did you feel, you know, putting that outfit on for the first time? I mean, I loved how comfortable it was. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, it's great to like not care that much about your appearance or anything, you know. Um, But yeah, no, it was it was great because it really puts you in that mood. and in the character, yeah, it's always like once you put the shoes on, you you get part of the character for sure. <laughs> I mean, one of my favourite scenes, I've got to say, uh, is when you're in the room with all the bishops um, yeah. and Father Duretti. I've got to say, it's just one of the most incredibly film. It's just incredible from the way it was filmed uh, to the stunt people. I mean, what was that like to film? And uh, what was the most difficult thing about filming that scene? I mean, it was amazing to film. I I really loved it, and it was Dennis uh, Dennis Rivera who who was um, directing that block, and he just handled it. I mean, it was bloody amazing, and bloody is the word. <laughs> and um, it was, I think, almost a week that scene for us, and most of it I spent covered in blood and that was not easy (laughs) because the logistics of being covered in blood from like seven in the morning to like I don't know six in the evening six in the afternoon um yeah it doesn't make your life much um you know very Mm. practical let's say (laughs) without getting into details (laughs) Why do too much detail? But yeah, it was uh, it was quite intense, and I think also like the whole you know um, being in that because it it took such a long time because I mean it, it lost like the fights and everything. It, it is a very long scene. Um, it took a very long time to film, but it's also like you have to stay in that um, 
emotional state, mm. very heightened emotional state, which was really like physically exhausting. Um, at the end of the day, you're just like, okay, I'm just going to go back home, shower maybe three times, and then go to sleep straight away. <laughs> it's it was it was really exhausting, but at the same time, it was so impressive to watch. And mm. I mean, France, the you know. And the acting, I mean, I just just love Joaquin and um, and uh, and Rich Richard, uh, who plays William, and of course Sylvia. Absolutely fantastic! Um, it was such an intense moment, such an intense moment, and I think for me that's the pivotal moment for for Yasmin as well. Mm. Throughout her whole journey, that's the moment where she is actually thrown into the deep end because seeing. Ava, of course, it's like a, a huge thing, and seeing her like being taken away by um, uh, by Vincent is very hard to watch for her and everything because she is like this is the reality. She's it's not just intellectual now; you have to actually do things. Mm -hmm. um, but there, it's the first time that she sees people being massacred, slaughtered mm -hmm. in front of her, and that's. That's the life of a sister warrior. I mean, not necessarily the life of a sister warrior, but like it's part of the life of a sister warrior. And she's, and I mean, she's seen like people, like dead bodies and everything, but not the actual thing. Mm. And also like for her, I mean, for, for me, the way I played Yasmin towards um, uh, the Pope, uh, Duretti is like, he is for her, she, she's like meeting you know, for me, like David Bowie, if I could be mm. David Bowie. Um, so seeing this is like an extremely traumatic moment and it's a very pivotal moment. So yeah, that was very, very intense, both emotionally and physically, but at the same time, so impressive to watch. I love just watching everybody work. It's just like, it makes me... And one of the, I've got to say, one of the scenes as well that um, the fans have been eagerly been waiting for is that moment between Ava and Beatrice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the show got criticised, I think, um, in the first se season about baiting uh, around yeah. this. But one thing I've got to say, this show does everything in such a beautiful way where it's completely natural. You don't feel yeah. like it's not part of the story that it's just been put in there. And yeah. I just think it's beautiful how it's done. Um, it's a beautiful story. Uh, and you're there filming with them. Uh, what was it like filming, being there and filming that scene with them? And did you realize at that moment how much of an impact that scene would have for the fans? I didn't realize how much it would, like how much impact, because to me it was clear mm. that, they love each other. They're in love with each other. They just don't know how to deal with it, mm. uh, how to do it. Because, I mean, for Ava, it's a first love. Because, mm. um, uh, I mean, sorry, JC, but I don't think it's like, <laughs> I don't think it's comparable at all. Um, and for Beatrice, I don't know if it's a first love, but it's the first time that she's allowing herself, I think, um, to let, like, to feel those things and to really accept those feelings. Um, and I, I mean, it, you know what you said, like, it's, it's beautifully done. It's not, mm. I don't think it was queer baiting even in the first season. I think if they had just like kissed at the end of the first season, it would have been just too 
quick, too easy. Mm. It just makes it so much more significant that it took that long and that their feelings grew for each other and that it's something genuine. It's not it's not just like, oh, I'm very attracted to that girl or like not saying that like love at first sight doesn't exist or whatever. Maybe it does. I don't know. <laughs> not to that debate. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just like watching their feelings grow for each other and watching that awkwardness that we have all felt at yeah. one point or another in our lives it's so much more satisfying when it actually happens and at the same time so bittersweet and so sad mm. because it's the moment like it's now and ever mm. and it's and to, to be honest like watching it and i know that like um when we were filming it I knew that I was there and they were like probably going to film my reaction at one point or something. And I was like, okay, I hope they don't film my reaction right now because I'm crying. Because <laughs> like when they were filming, when they were filming them and like doing that beautiful dance, you know, when she tries to stop her from going and it's, it was just so touching and so beautiful and so deserved, you know, and so it's not, um, it's not a planted moment. It's a very genuine moment i think so yeah i think it makes it all the more beautiful definitely and moving on to one of the most important quest questions um how bad of a driver are you in real life compared to your character on screen because it's hilarious it really really <laughs> is uh, at least you got there in one piece but how bad of a yes. driver are you in real life <laughs> i'm actually a an okay driver. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm good because I'm just like way too afraid of like people putting me to the test somehow. <laughs> um, I've never had any problem driving. <laughs> that is good. That is good. Yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, but the, at the same time, like a lot has been asked of Yasmin. Like she's never had to like do a car chase like, you know, before. I think yeah. by the end by the end of it I think you're doing all right so so yeah. kudos to you I'm gonna say so what's been what's been your fondest memory of working on season two so far oh gosh it's so hard this question is so hard because there's not just one it's been like a collection of amazing memories because I mean I can think of dozens of amazing moments of hilarious moments of very touching moments of so many moments with everyone it's it's impossible to just choose one really <laughs> I, I would say the whole shoot is my fondest memory it's just been you know once I started really getting to know people really feeling like oh those people are my friends and not just my friends for now, but I'm pretty sure they're my friends for life. Like some of them are like, have become my, some of my closest friends. Um, then you just like, it creates an atmosphere where you, you just feel at ease to try and explore and have fun and you feel free. And gosh, I, I hope, for the rest of my life, every single one of my projects is going to be like that. Oh, bless and that's probably you. not really the case, but so it's a true sisterhood off screen as well. And I just wanted to touch on that because, you know, I asked Simon Barry last season, what was it like 
trying to rein in everyone because you've got all these young girls out in in sunny climate um you know what was it like between shoots and obviously i know it's pan pan pandemic what sort of things did you get up to to unwind with your girlies i'm not going to reveal all the secrets <laughs> oh dear okay <laughs> no it's not bad no okay I shouldn't have wine and that, biscuits like... wine and cheese you know on the veranda waving at jack um, we were in madrid during the summer and then like the autumn it got really cold at one point but i mean you know terraces everywhere we were not allowed to like go indoors um for a while because of covid and everything i mean not because of the spanish restrictions i think more like the the production um but we had you know open you know outdoors terraces everywhere every, i mean exploring the city going and have a drink here have a drink there like music outside and it was it was amazing and like yeah it was it was really fun and there was such a like cohesive not cohesive but like a, a very strong bond um mm. between not the 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 girls not just the sisters but like everyone um with the crew with you know the stunt i mean it was the it was great. It was great. And the stunt team are like, not only amazing, but like hilarious. Those guys are clowns. <laughs> and then obviously the fans have been rallying around this show because mm. it took a while to get confirmation that we were going to get season two. So yeah. what can the fans do to try and get a season three? Because I'm not being funny. If Forbes is putting out that rotten tomatoes thing it's a no-brainer but in the in the age that we're in at the moment uh with things getting cancelled surely this can't be there surely i'm going to put a bet on that we are going to get a se season three but is there anything that the fans fans can do to uh i don't know i really don't know i'm in the exact same position as all the fans and i'm a fan myself <laughs> um i really am i mean not just because I'm in it, I really love season two. I mean, I love season one, but season two is like to me absolutely amazing. Um, and and uh, if you had a season three, would you would yeah. you be happy to come back? Yes, <laughs> unequivocally. <laughs> that is a silly question. I've got to. I've got to say, after everything you've said, um, have you managed to liberate any anything from the show? Any clothing, props? No, I did what? not think of that at all. <laughs> no, well, maybe that's a good sign. Maybe that's a yeah. good sign that they want to keep it because they're going exactly. to reuse it. We so, need it for season three. That's exactly. Uh, let's uh, let's yeah let's think yeah, that way. Yeah, we'll stick 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 with that. And obviously, if we when we get season three, um, you know, I'm speaking a bit more conf confidently now. Um, where would you like your character to go? you know, within season three, because we leave with you, you know, donning, you know, you're part of the OCS, uh, which is awesome. Um, yes. So where would you like your character to go and the adventures to go on? Oh, gosh, I think there are many, many ways uh, Yasmin could go. I, I would love to see her um, really develop fully into 
realizing that she, I okay let's start this again basically I think that she's lived her whole life with this mission of protecting the crown finding the crown and helping whenever Adriel if ever Adriel uh comes back <clears throat> and it's almost like she's put the rest of her life and herself in the back burner you know and I would love for her to develop more things than just more sides of her than just her you know very smart intellectual sides um and also like realizing that she can be liked not just because she's useful not just because of her mission but because she really belongs and she finally has found a group of people a group of friends actual real friends um and really develop i think she's got like a lot more in store and i think once she realizes that she can also um you know count on not just her smarts but like other things um and her friendship not just be a, i don't think she's a loner i think she actually loves she would love to be part of a group but she has had to be um a, a loner because she had to protect her mission and now she finally belongs so i think she it's something to explore in that way in that vein and also more fights please <laughs> you know what i i i can just imagine uh yasmin as a kick-ass uh nun that literally goes from that scene with the bishops to being oh, i just cannot wait but Mina, you've been a great guest. It's been an absolute honour to have you Thank on. You. I can't wait Thank for season you. three. Um, keep safe, stay super. And thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you so much, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for listening to Be More Super, the podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by PropStore.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with Be More Super and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at Be More Super the Podcast and on Twitter at Be More Super. Keep safe and stay super.